0: Hey, I'm Dean Blandino, and as a newly minted Detroit Lions fan, I always listen to
1: Chris and Case on the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection and now two guys who have never dropped a Matthew Stafford pass Chris and
2: Case hey howdy Lions fans welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast episode 260 this is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit I am your dashing host Chris and with me is my good friend and co-host Scott Bischoff how you doing I'm great. I'm happy to be here. This is going to be fun. Oh, Thanks. man. Really excited to have you. Really good. This has been a long time coming. We've been working on this for ages. <laughs> All right. We've yeah. got a lot to talk about today. going to go back and go over free agency with Scott, get some of his thoughts, uh, a little bit about the draft, what that might look like, how things are lining up for the Lions there, some breaking Lions news about Jared Davis and some other things, that and a whole lot more. we got a great show lined up. Scott, you ready to go, my man? Yeah, let's roll. Let's go.
1: Let's kick this off and break it down.
2: All right. First, a couple of quick announcements. Check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from... Oh, thank you so much, Dan. Appreciate it. You're so good at that. Of course, we got our very first donor, Mathis, and Brian B from I Prevail, I Prevailband.com. Check them out. They're not touring right now. Because nobody is, but you can love the great music on Spotify and everywhere else. Pick up their latest album, Trauma, from last year. Anyway, Brian, Dylan, Mathis, all those guys, Risden. Why, what? What's big about them? Well, they all are great friends that are available in our Slack chat that is available to anyone who joins us on Patreon. You can join, get the most intelligent Lions chat on the Internet. Scott will tell you, he's, he's experienced it himself. Uh, head on over to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Sign up for as little as a dollar a month, and you'll get access to that Slack chat. We don't stop at a dollar. You can go all the way up. You know, you can give your life savings. Everyone's got all kinds of pennies pouncing around in their pocket these days. So head on over to patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast sign up we'll get you on the slack right away and you'll be able to take part in literally the most intelligent lions chat on the internet no joke give us a like on facebook facebook.com slash the detroit lions podcast instagram detroit lions podcast and on the twitter machine at det lions podcast det lions podcast go ahead and follow us there and you get a chance to see scott with. Kind pantaloons. <laughs> He's there with no pants, like everybody. Well, oh
0: you know, I mean, it depends. It's that oh. you know there have been moments in in the past where the pants have been removed, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, when, when Kyle Van Noy was drafted, it was a uh, it was a it was a problem.
2: I've got a massive crush on his wife. Just just so you know. Well,
0: yeah. I mean, come on. Wow. You know? <laughs> All
2: right. Anyway, before I get in trouble yeah. with mine, because she's an avid listener. <laughs> Uh, Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast, YouTube.com slash Detroit Lions podcast hit the notification bell. So, you know, when we go live, also rate us iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, iHeart, Pandora, all those great places. Give us those five-star reviews. We love those. And lastly, call us on Skype, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions podcast or on the Lions line, 929-33 Lions, 929-335-4667. Leave us a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. Let's do this
1: in your chin straps kids it's time to review this week in reddit uh, all right like he said it's time to
2: review all the fun and exciting things going down this week in reddit and scott looks, looks a little dazed right now we flew through that open he's like no, what no, in the hell man. is going on cool. man cool. <laughs> scott Go. bischoff uh wgr podcast contributor to the lion's wire i mean you do you do a little bit of everything don't you
0: yeah, I'm kind of spread out in a wide variety of places. Uh, I, I write for football guys. It's more fantasy-driven stuff, sure. but uh, it's a DFS type thing. And then, you know, the po- the draft podcast is cool. Generally speaking, we do the draft show from the training camp facility, but that's not going to happen this year. Not as fun. Um, I think they, before all, you know, everything that's going on and shaken out, I, I think they were going to move the draft party to Ford Field. Mm-hmm. So that was where it was going to be, but... major unknowns at this point and we're just going to roll with it and just you know
2: see how it goes yeah
0: i got we're, you know it's not like we can control any of this stuff anyway so we're, we'll end up where we end up if we end up
2: so that, that's part of the fun these days right just kind of yeah. seeing where the train's gonna take you <laughs> yeah we have we pre-planned for that we do our virtual draft party every year we're still going to do that we'll do our broadcast and uh everyone can call in wherever you want if you're still social distancing still staying away from folks you can join us and we have a great time. Great time every year. All right. Let's talk about some of these lion stuff. First off, I want to start on a happy note. In, in the midst of tough times, you know, it was it was Mr. Rogers who always said, look for the helpers, right? The people that are helping others. Those are the best people. Uh, the ones that can really lift your spirits when things aren't as great as they used to be or could be. And the Stafford family comes through again. Holy cow. They're out there buying uh, meals for first responders at different restaurants throughout Detroit. What a... What a I I don't know what I could say negative about Matthew Stafford. He's Nothing. just such an awesome human being across the yeah, board. It, it,
0: it shouldn't be any surprise at all that they're doing this. It it, it just shouldn't maybe. be. They're incredible people. They really are. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be some of the difficulty going forward. Is at some point in time, you know, as tough as it's going to be, you're going to have to move on from that from that family. Right. And, yeah. and that's going to be tough. Yeah. It's and, incredible. It's just, you know, it, it, you're right. Uh, it's amazing to look at around the NFL at, at all the, maybe even, you know, sports-wide just looking at all the people doing great things and, and, and here at Stafford and others and it's incredible. It really is. It, it, Fucking it, stuff, absolutely. You know? I, I, so much negativity and then, uh, that's a positive story. It's great.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I just and and you bring up a great point about the time, you know, when we have to move away. That's that's going to be tough to swallow for a lot of people. It's not. And look, I mean, the Calvin transition wasn't so smooth. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I don't think it'll be that ham handed. And I think even if there there were issues like that, I think the Stafford family is a group that would help graciously have uh, have have things work out Um, unless there's some kind of just over the top. you know, and I just don't see that happening.
0: No, I can't fathom that either. I think it's more along the lines of Matt, how can we help you get to your ultimate goal? How do we help get you into a scenario where you can play for really, really important games if we can't, right. Not saying they can't, but if in that scenario, um, he's got time left, you know, uh, help him out and get somewhere where he can play meaningful games.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And That period, you know, like Eli Manning went through where he was a backup for a while. Right. Will Matthew, will that be his, his fate? Well, is that how it will work out? Will he, I mean, he's, he's always going to be a team player, but will we want to pay Matthew Stafford money for someone who's sitting on the, on the sideline underneath a, possibly under a rookie contract kind of, uh, quarterback and, and helping mentor him to the point where then after his career is over, you have, you know, Barry shows up a lot at the field, uh, Billy Sims, a lot of the guys come back and, and, and do different events and fan events and stuff. And that's kind of, I think, Obviously, the hope of fans to be able to have a smooth transition, but that's those are some hard years. Um, it's hard for a player to leave the game because you know the sounds around them change, right? The way they yeah, they, yeah. they move around town changes, all that stuff, and uh, a lot of guys miss that, and it's and it's hard for them. But that whole shift is going to be is going to be uh, is going to be interesting and 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 tough to go through with a guy as great as Matthew Stafford.
0: Well, it's it's on its way. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's. I think it's much sooner than later, and. It's something that needs to be, you know, as fans of the team, uh, you know, it needs to be considered at this point. You know, what's the long-term viability? Uh, you know,
2: yep. going forward. Absolutely. All right. So that started out as a as a plus and kind got a little <laughs> less happy well, at the I mean, end, you, right? You,
0: <laughs> what, there's literally nothing negative you can say about him really even as a player, I mean, he's, he's endured so much physically. He's given, he's given so much of himself. He's done so many things with, with very limited, um, you know, a very limited running game and maybe a defense that hasn't helped him so much. And, you know, how many fourth quarter comebacks do we need to see? And, uh, you you know, it's incredible. He's, Mm -hmm. he's been, he's been amazing. He really has on the field. Then you look at the off the field stuff and it's like, well, there's nothing negative to say about.
2: It. Yeah, it was the first his first two years. I remember, his, and occasionally we'll we'll take the audio from it was a, there's a um, NFL films um, like the last the 13 game. seconds of the Browns game, right? Yep. we'll occasionally take that audio and put it at the end of a podcast for people just to remind them about how tough and what what kind of character he has on the field. But I remember it was one of his first two years in the city. Um, someone had had uh, called into us. And and said that they were going to a restaurant, and uh him and Kelly had gone to the restaurants before kids and all that. And they get there, and they got to the door, and the staffers just happened to get to the door first. And he stopped, held the door open for him, and let him in. Just a class act, right? I mean, that's small, small thing. But that's a guy. He doesn't. Have to, he doesn't have to do that. He has, and nobody would expect him to do that. But it's just who he is, right? Just a yeah. very, very good gentle, gentlemanly. Type of fella. So good for him. Um, let's talk about the big news breaking. Uh, looked like this morning for me. I didn't see it last night, but I went to bed really late because the way this work thing's going. Um, Jared Davis, supposedly on the trade block, and then very quickly this morning quashed as a rumor. Um, and, and the guy, I, I'm not going to even say his name, but he's he's known for getting a lot of things wrong. How about I? I yeah, let's that not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right, ignore it.
2: Jared Davis is a, is a trade piece. Um, I, I, I I I expect for the right price, anybody's tradable. Uh, I just don't think that anyone's going to give the right price for for Jared Davis at this point. What's
0: right? the right price? Nah. Right. I mean, I think the going rate for a, a first round pick who hasn't exactly worked out is like a fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. So I just don't know. Either. You know, listening to him speak and. I know you knowing what he offers as a captain on defense in the huddle doesn't make a ton of sense when I read it I thought that's very fishy right yeah, and yeah. then I mean you know I we can get into it but but you know are they going to pick up his fifth year option um I think that's very much up for debate uh I think those fifth year options become guaranteed with under the new CBA so mm. there's a Strong chance that, you know, part of that part of that story is he may not be here, you know, next season. Right. So that's I that's the part I think where we need to talk about. Right. That's that's the part that needs to be discussed. Not not that he's going to be traded because I can't fathom. That. Right. That doesn't right. make any sense at all. Yeah. Let me let me ask you
2: one thing okay you you can you can pick one thing on Jared Davis that you would want to see improve this year that could save his gig and make him the key piece of the defense that we want. What's the one thing you'd want him to be able to do better?
0: maybe a little bit of patience
2: mm, okay
0: when so when i I guess what stands out with him is this he is very aggressive coming forward, and there are times when that leads to him being in the wrong gap. So I mean if you think about you know your defensive line your linebackers, they're all responsible for a gap. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the whole Patricia mentality is if you do your job, the next guy does his job, we're good. Mm -hmm. And the problem with and and this is anecdotal, but the problem with Davis is there are times when I think he's very aggressive coming forward in diagnosing where he's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. But the problem is what happens when maybe there's a combo block and the, and the guard who was responsible for the gap next to him gets moved into his gap. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's in that gap too. That's when you see runs get kind of strung out. and So maybe a little more patience in the, in the running game coming forward and, and defending the run. But you know, if you're, if you're asking him to, to kind of, to shut it down a touch mentally and not be so reactionary quick you're taking away one of the best things the one of the best attributes of this game which is his quickness to come off the edge and get through gaps and make plays you know uh in the backfield so right. one of the things that makes him really good at what he does do is reactionary quickness so you can't say it's a tough thing it, it really is you're not going to be able to say when you're defending the run we need you to slow it down and when you're blitzing just go right, right it doesn't really work that way he and just goes he
2: he so, was so good last year with that that quick delay read blitz where he would blast up the middle uh, oh he's he got that. he could find the gap and, and and just hit it fast it was it was really really great uh mommy dolly in the in the uh, chats absolutely right <laughs> he is an unguided missile at times um, and the
0: problem is, is with that missile, you're not redirecting it. Right. So it, once he decides he's hitting
2: that gap, is going that's past the, the gap. Tackle. He's hitting. His finishing you know? move is to go past the tackle, right, <laughs> <laughs> or to blow somebody up. Right, right, right. And those are beautiful. So, and that's see. what
0: you get. So with Davis, I think you're with Jamie Collins here. I think, I think it's you get the addition of being able to have multiple guys who can walk up to the line of scrimmage, disguise your intent, bring one or the other. Jamie Collins, you can drop into coverage. Jared Davis, I think, becomes a player who plays on the edge a little more. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not saying he's an edge rusher, but I think he's going to blitz from the edge. He's going to chase, which he's great at because he's incredibly athletic. Yep. And, and like you're saying, blitz gaps. And those are going to be the things that he's going to do. And if he can find a home with a player like Jamie Collins and to in the middle, then I think I think it's okay. But yeah. if, if you're going to ask him to be a traditional Mike in coverage dropping him into coverage i think we know at this point in time he's going to struggle doing some of those things sure so sure. put him in a situation where he can he can be at his best jamie collins helps to do that and then so we need to talk about some of this stuff the jamie we'll get i'm, I'm jumping this and i That's we'll okay. Get
2: it's okay it's a, just it's a conversation um yeah. i was going to ask you about jamie collins so we, we can we can we can kind of we can be well, in that is, direction there's a little
0: interplay there
2: right um what i'm going to ask process, first how how weird is it going to be to have somebody who can actually cover tight ends from the linebacking position that's going to be strange for us i mean because how long has it been since we've had somebody that could do that reliably
0: so then, yeah <laughs> and then you throw in the addition of duran Harmon, right who can play deep for you and then all of a sudden now you've got collins and tracy walker who you can deploy walker's more your overhang defender yep. but He can cover tight ends. He is amazing. Jamie Collins can drop into zones and flats, and he can drop into the middle part of the field and cover. Mm -hmm. So you've improved. You've significantly improved your coverage. Now Collins is older, so there's a risk there. If he gets hurt, there's really nobody behind him that can do the things that he can do. Yep. So that's the. We've seen that with Quinn, where you know you sign T.J. Lang, you bring in Wagner, they get hurt, and there's nobody behind them. So that's you know. There's some risk with Collins, but he's still very capable of in this scheme being very productive. And, and again, it allows the Lions to to design some of the stuff that, that you know that they're going to do. But where the real nuts and bolts of the Jamie Collins signing is, is here is that he knows this defense. He really, I mean, there's there's very little that he's going to have to learn. Now, throw in the idea that there's there's almost going to be no time for them to learn it if we're going to have a season.
2: Right.
0: We're not going to have OTAs. I would tell you that we're not going to have training camp. If if we are it's going to be very brief. Or you know,
2: this is interesting cuz here's here's where and again this is where the the whole the covid thing that's going on is obviously changing things. If it's a seasonal thing like many people suspect, by June we're seeing this the this die down, but September is when it starts to come back. Yeah. And and so my thinking is I could see them Holding training camp and doing the the summer workouts and, and 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 maybe even start in on the preseason a little bit, but as September gets here, and by the end of September, that's where I think the real risk is for the season as to whether they're going to play games or not. If it's yeah, if it's seasonal, right?
0: I could see I mean, you know if they're if they're going to be proactive, I could see them not holding training camp in you know late July August just because of what you're saying, right? Right, and maybe pushing that a little bit, pushing it back so they get some understanding of what september looks like right but I, but in any way it's you st- the point is that you still you have a player who's who doesn't really need to learn anything about their scheme he knows it right. he's played in it for years he's been productive in it he wasn't productive in cleveland but he's been productive in the new england scheme so that's why to me it's such a smooth signing because if you told him today hey we're playing a game tomorrow i don't know that there's a ton you need to teach him Right. You know, right. You obviously need, he needs to work with his teammates and figure timing and stuff out, but scheme wise and what his role is within that defense, he's ready to go. And that's why I, you know, that's, a, it's a smooth move. Again, there's risk because he's older,
2: right? but
0: from a, from the standpoint of this is going to be a very weird off season with, with almost no time to get up and running. He's a, He's he's ready to go, right? I, I mean, I like that from that regard.
2: And now I'm going to throw just another wrinkle in that: is Corey Unlin. How much of the defense is he going to own, and how much is that going to shift the defense? Uh, so it, it, it probably philosophically be very very similar, but I have a feeling there's going to be some differences that he would we'll, have to pick up. But still, he's ahead of the curve, right?
0: Yes, we'll see some, you know, some I think some subtle changes. You might see some more four four man looks. Yep. So some more even man fronts kind of thing, but but in the end, you know, Jamie Collins' role is going to be what it is. Uh, whether that's in coverage or or playing the run, you know, so it's still there's going to be changes for sure. It's yeah. just you know those are unknowns.
2: Yeah, you know, absolutely. All right, um, let's see. Jared Davis not for sale. There we go. And the story. Let me let me ask you. Um, Sam Martin was signed. Uh, superstar Sam, right, <laughs> signed yeah. over to by the Broncos. Uh, signed a decent deal over there. He'll he'll do well. That, that ball should boom for him in that thin air. I know when I go golfing in Colorado, I, I am I got a hell of a drive. Crush it, <laughs> crush yeah. it, and when I slice it, it slices hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: you know. So for me, I mean, playing playing uh, in in elevation like that, it just means I hit the ball out of bounds further. Yeah.
2: <laughs> and then all the rattlesnake signs to keep you from going and retrieving it. Yep. <laughs> all right, so uh, Sam Martin signs in Colorado. That leaves us an opening at punter. I don't know that we're going to draft anybody. Two names that I have in mind um, as quick possibilities. There's, of course, Ryan Santoso, a guy I absolutely loved in training camp uh, two years ago. And then this last year, he didn't get as much work as he did the, the year. Looks like a pretty uh, good guy. He's He signed a couple places. I think it was San Diego. I don't remember. I, think, I thought it was in California. He didn't stick. Um, the other guy who was, who was just a hell of a punter. Um, and he played for us for a while before, um, sacrificing his life, uh, to stop a touchdown. Casey Redfern, uh, played for Atlanta last year. Um, and then now is a free agent again, that guy's a dang good punter. And when he was here, he did an excellent job for the team, filling in for Sam and before he got hurt. Um, interesting to see. Those are the two names that I know that, and that I know are familiar with the team. So I'd figure it gives them ready for this. Ready? gives them a leg up. Uh, done. No, no, that wasn't well done at all. <laughs> Give some a, a, a inside track on the on the position. What do you think? One um, of the key positions in the team, obviously, that everyone's talking about.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you hope that it's not addressed in the draft. It's just, it just, you know, um, you don't want it to be addressed in the draft. It's, it's kind of almost, I don't want to say a throwaway position because look how effective Sam Martin was. Right. He was a very I mean, especially in year one. For him to flip the field the way he did, yep. I mean, repeatedly over and over, that's very helpful. So yep. it's it's not a it's not a throwaway position, uh, you know, on the field. It's just in in a from a draft perspective, you don't want to have to use a fifth rounder on a on a punter, right. you know, or a sixth rounder on a punter. But you know, if they target somebody they, they 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 love, you could see them saving some money. And yeah, I mean, you could see that. But there's 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 punters out there who can who can help you and. You know, you just, you need stability as a punter and you need, you, you know, coverage teams need to know what they're getting out of their punters. So if, right. the, if the coverage protection is, you know, a certain way, they need to know that that's where the balls go. Yep. Right. So those are, I mean, Redford was great when, in camp. I mean, he you know, he was, you know, the, he tore his ACL, right? Yeah. And yeah.
2: It was, an ACL it was brutal. Team. Yeah.
0: Um, Stepping into making a tackle, but yeah, I mean, he would, he's viable. There's, there's a bunch of viable options around.
2: Yep. Yep. All right. So there we go. Um, I, I really don't want to use draft capital. And to be honest, the difference between number one and number 32 at punter in the NFL isn't, isn't really huge. Um, there's a lot. There's a lot to that. I have a my um, neighbor who's become a good friend. His son just uh, committed to um, Georgia Tech as a punter. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's been working his tail off. But it's funny when you hear about um, the camps and the different it's it's because the difference is so slim between the players there's a lot of political kind of gamesmanship yeah. and stuff that goes on around that position it's really really strange casey uh redfern has been a, a victim of some of that along the way but it was good to see him get a couple starts um but it's an interesting position it's again the difference between top and bottom in the league is not huge um it's 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 kind of a a roll the dice and the hard part is it's a lot like your goaltenders in hockey. You remember the you remember the Cincinnati game. You remember the Dallas game for Sam Martin, right? Uh, yeah. th- those ones stand out. Everyone remembers them, but they don't remember you know the the pinned in the in the corner, uh, the the half yard line, you know, fifteen different times in the last eight. He was five ridiculous
0: as a rookie. I just remember thinking, I can't, you know, how valuable it was. He was a I didn't want to say he was a fifth round pick. Yeah, I think yeah. he was a fifth yeah. round pick, 50%, 50%. and it just. You know, they'd be uh he'd kick from the you know, you know, the his own five yard line and the other team would get the ball at their twenty-five. And I'm right. thinking, it's incredible. Yeah. You know, that's like that's an, a very effective drive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And
0: he did it just with a single punt. So yeah, he was he was awesome. I yeah. mean he really was. But you know, like you like you're saying, he he picked a bad time to have a shank. And unfortunately, you know, that's that's the memory here. Yeah. But he was a
2: very effective player. He was great. He was. Yeah. All right. We also signed Ode Abouche. me. I think oh I think Abouche is
0: a depth player, and really, I mean, I think that's the way people need to look at at what Abushi is. Is he's uh, he's a viable option, but I'm not sure that he's a player who really is all that impactful or meaningful. This sounds horrible. I can't. I, I don't
1: mean oh. it
2: like that. <laughs> Wow. Right,
0: I like just minimized his entire existence. Yeah. Well, matter,
2: I don't mean that. I could hear it from the from the audience right now. Dear Detroit Lions <laughs> podcast. Can you believe you said that? How like, you I just talk think that so he, mad about somebody? He's,
0: yeah, but I think he's like a number four guard, right? So it's just he's an insurance policy in case things go really, really bad. That's it. Yep. And I don't think I'm sure they didn't spend a lot of money doing that. They have uh, Russell Bowding and, and Josh Garnett and. and uh, Wiggins and and you know and Ibushi they they have options and I think yeah. he's just one of those guys in the mix so you know is it a huge signing no it's just it's a depth piece who's been here who's he, he was here last year and you know it's just filling out
2: the bottom part of their roster where's your head on, on uh, Graham Glasgow going to the Broncos to stay with Sam Martin um, it, 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 this is all, obviously leaves a hole because he was and to to use the, uh, the the favorite, he was very multiple, right? <laughs> he could play center, yeah. played guard, uh, brought a lot. He was he, I, look. He's he wasn't Hall of Fame level, obviously playing for the Lions, but he was a very very solid player that that brought a lot to the team. Um, he, yeah, and the versatility is unmatched. Yeah, yeah, right. So, and what kind of holds you, know, do you leave behind for us?
0: Well, I mean, it's it's, it's interesting that, that it's reported that the Lions don't value that position enough to pay to have paid him the money that he got, but it's, it's confusing. His, his time here has been very confusing. It's mm-hmm. just odd. Like mm-hmm. two years ago when the lions drafted rag now, i I was screaming for them just to play him at center and just leave him there. Cause, yeah. cause I thought he would be a, a rare center, but a pretty average guard right with, uh, with a with maybe a, a year that he would struggle to play guard as a rookie right so th- so the idea that they played uh glasgow as a center when Ragnar was drafted was just confusing
2: same i, I was i was utterly
0: yes yeah. so now hold on to that thought because when we get to vitai we're gonna have a we're gonna have the same conversation so that's that was that's known as a tease <laughs> oh <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling so, it <laughs> yeah So, um so Glasgow has been confusing. And then last year they had an opportunity in camp where I think they could have signed him and got him for a reasonable number going forward. But instead of doing that, they almost went the other way and then they pulled the rotation out, which was so odd. Um, I don't understand it. I didn't get it. You know, I, I'm not sure if there's anything else that, that we don't know publicly. Don't know. I just, you know, as a player, he's a very, very serviceable guy. um, uh, you know does he make a lot of money yeah is it is it a huge is it a a great a great position of importance no but the hole that it leaves behind is is it's something that they now have to address so it it feels more like you let Rick Wagner go you let Glasgow go and instead of building behind those guys you now have to replace those guys
2: yeah so we're not building anything which just replacing and that's and that's been a problem for the team for a long time even before Quinn got here was the lack of depth and and we talk about um, bringing in a guy who's a little bit older and he gets injured. There's no one behind him. When we were talking about yes. Jamie Collins, we kind of create that situation with something like this. And, this is sort of the model of what's happened. Yeah. And
0: yeah. that's why I brought up the injury with Collins, because we have to we have to recognize that he is older. And as great as it looks on paper, if he gets hurt, there's really nobody that has his skill set. And it just it's a little bit like snacks when we brought snacks in. Yep, yep. it was great. But. You know, last year he got injured, and I think he was more injured than anybody really knows. Right. And he, and he didn't play as well as he did the year before, but it, that, was definitely, uh, that was definitely a possibility. It was something that we, sh- we shouldn't have just penciled snacks in as to be this, you know, stud inside when, you know, it was entirely possible that injuries are going to play a role. Injuries play a role all the time.
2: Yeah. Yep. It's part of the game yeah all right well let's talk about halapulavati vitai I like that well uh, done thank you thank you
0: i don't i'm not gonna try that no.
2: <laughs> it's it's i i learned this uh this actually came from the slack chat um if you think about um and play that fucking music white boy if you kind of keep that rhythm going it's kind of halapulavati vitai yeah we're gonna
0: wake up at <laughs> five o'clock in the morning <laughs> thinking that and
2: yeah it's it's great because I can't say Arauari. I I'm surprised I just got it out. That one I you always I know I don't know how it happens. If I've had uh, listeners send the the uh, the one dog that's trying to say I love like making fun of me trying to say it. I don't know if it's the vowel combinations or what, but I'm I'm proud that I've got this one locked in. Okay, well let's talk about it. We signed him five years, forty five million. This is a guy who's been both praised and vilified at his role. Um, it depends who you are, where you come from and how you feel that day. I guess how you're going to, how you're going to react to this, this, uh, this signing. What do you think of, uh, big V Scott?
0: Well, so the first thing I think is that they have an out two years in Yep. and hang on one sec. Yeah. If you need it, go ahead. Sorry. That's all right. (laughs) Kids at at home doing work. So. So you know they paid him more like they they would pay a guard. Yeah. Right or that they paid him more like um not a premium guard. They didn't pay him premium guard money and and they paid him certainly lesser than they would pay a right tackle. So right. my thoughts are that if you're locked into the idea that is your starting right tackle I think that might be a little bit flawed thinking. I think there is every possibility that Similar to the Glasgow Ragnall situation in Ragnall's first year, that Vitae may not play right tackle; that he may play right guard, and we need to we need to understand that that's a possibility. That that it's maybe that they don't even know yet right. What, right. what what it's going to be, and 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 you're going to see potentially in camp, however long that's going to be, is him and he and Crosby sort of working it out, and the right side of the line is going to be. Tyrell Crosby and Vitae. However you say his first name, I can't believe I'm this terrible. I wanted to do the play that funky music, but I didn't want to do it. Uh, you yeah. um, Halapuli. Yes. Vitae. So, so I think that's the, that's what you're going to see is the right side of the line is going to be Vitae Crosby or Crosby and Vitae, unless they draft a tackle who might play right tackle, which would push Vitae into the interior. Can he play right guard? Yes, he can. Uh, in a in a perfect world, would you want him to? No, you'd want him to play right tackle for the money you paid him. That's, then you'd be getting value. But I don't think it's reasonable to just, just assume that he's only going to be the right tackle and, and, and we're good to go. Let's move on. Let's fill the right guard position. I think we need to understand that for these guys, for Quinn and Patricia, they're more multiple thinking. So to them, it really doesn't matter whether he plays right guard or right tackle. Mm-hmm. Just
2: play somewhere. Well, so, it's interesting because this is a thing where exactly what you're speaking of it gives them flexibility on who they pick up and who they draft based and and an availability on draft day as to how this this pans out. But where he sits right now, he could kind of, as you say, go to either spot. And and very similarly, I think about that with you know, look at, at number three in the draft. Barring a trade, we are going to wind up with an Ohio State defensive player. It's either going to be Chase Young or it's going to be Jeffrey Okuda. I, I just, I just, in, in my heart of hearts, that's what I believe. Believe, and when we look at the needs for this team, a number one cornerback, which Okuda is the only one really in the draft that can come yeah. out probably on day one and play, and a dominant edge rusher are two key needs. Interestingly, a good one of either helps the other position. So yes. if I if I get a great if I get uh, uh, Chase Young. Um, and he's I got him rushing I'm I'm it takes a little pressure off my cornerbacks and all of a sudden you know uh Trufant isn't isn't such a isn't such a risk and I'm not going to say he's a huge risk because I think he's a great number two cornerback um and our warrior he he may well uh make that step he looked really good at the end of last year we may be okay with the right kind of edge rusher same thing where you get Okuda that takes a little pressure off the rush you have Collins there now you can move uh Jared Davis around like we were talking about to help with some pressure um it's an interesting place how they've set that up and I feel it's the same way with Vitae. They've kind of set themselves up with him where the best player whether be it a, a tackle or a guard in the in the draft allows them some some flexibility in who they pick up to build out this line.
0: Yeah, and then and then going forward we need to we need to understand that is Taylor Decker what's his long-term viability here? Right? So right. if if you're not moving on from Decker or if you're not, you know, if you're not going to resign Decker or extend Decker, my thoughts are, uh, you might be taking a tackle much earlier than people think. And, and it might be, you know, if you trade down to five, six, seven range, then, you know, you could see a scenario, pardon me one second. You could see a scenario where, where tackle becomes a priority for them. Right. So it's something that we need to think about. Is if if Taylor Decker's not going to be here past this season, then they obviously they've picked up his option. He's going to play this year. And ViTai is your right tackle, you hope. All of a sudden you can see how tackle becomes a much more important uh position for them in the draft because you don't have either side really fixed going forward. Right. Now, if they're if they're gonna if they if they're planning on extending Taylor Decker, then it's a bit of a different story. But we don't know that yet. So it's just something that we do need to think about, right, where you could say, all right, well, if they move down to seven, eight, nine, wherever it is, tackle is in play, should be in play. Right, right. You know, it's something to think about. Yeah.
2: Right, let's talk about this a little bit before I, I, I kind of poke you in, on, on where your thoughts are at, th- at number three overall. Uh, mm-hmm. First, let me hit the phone number. If you guys want to give us a call? We're happy to take your calls. 248-782-8384. 248-782-8384, or if you want to call via the Skype, you can do uh, Detroit Lions podcast, all one word. That's the account you can call, and uh, we'll get you on the show. All right, that being said, um, Tua is a – is a. there's a lot of talk about Tua, and I'm not going to even ask if, if you think the Lions are going to take him because I just don't, and I'm not going to entertain the conversation. <laughs> but I think Tua, especially with his video that released yesterday, now puts that number two pick and, and the, the – the possibility of people like Miami trading up to get Tua um at an interestingly high um po- probability and possibility. So now, you know, Tua's out there. He looked really good. I still I is as, as good as he looked, even with the medicals, I'm I'm terrified of that of that injury. I really am. I, I hope he has a great career, does great things, but um especially the the kind of anti risk role and the safe kind of way that Bob Quinn works, I just don't see him him, him with even. It, Beyond the fact that Matthew Stafford's the guy, I just don't see Tua winding up in Detroit. Now, Miami moves up. Next thing you know, they take Tua second. That leaves Chase Young and um, and Okuda on the board. Where are you? Going? Well, I mean, if you're
0: if you're not interested in taking Tua or a quarterback, period. If you're just if you're not interested in doing that, that's the dream scenario. Yeah, and that's to me that's the likeliest scenario. If you're Miami, why would you not? Go right up to number two if if that's who if you if Miami wants Tua, why would they not deal with Washington? Right. You know what I mean? Like why why would you focus on the Lions so much? Go right to number two and get them. That way there's no chance that the I mean and nobody if they don't is, do that in the draft and the Lions say, Hey, we're taking him. We're not we're not trading this pick, they're missing out. Somebody else to will me, trade with like Washington. Have to jump the
2: Lions. Right. The difference in capital they'd have to spend is is almost nothing. And if they wait and try to do it with the Lions, that gives the opportunity to somebody else to give um, Washington enough to move up to two. And they they, they would look like absolute fools if if uh, Tua got traded, somebody traded and took Tua and it wasn't them because they're in the best position. They have the most draft capital. Yeah. They are the team that should be doing that. So, yeah, yeah there's – Well think-
0: whether Tua's – You know, we could have a five-hour conversation about Tua yeah. and whether or not he fits here and whether or not it would make sense for them to take him – and groom him for a season and then make that change and reset your franchise. You, there's a whole long conversation to be had about that. I just don't know that it's valuable to what we're doing. Right. To bother with that kind of stuff. Did, so,
2: did that Did that video of him that he released yesterday, did that give you any, uh, did that change any of your thinking on him? Not, not no. for the Lions, but as a as viability in the NFL?
0: No, it didn't. Cause yeah. I mean, those are the things, all the stuff that he showed on that video is stuff that you can see on film, which is, Rare footwork, um super polished guy, uh, lower body is super efficient and, and, the, and he's ready to throw it any time and his release is like lightning fast. Yeah. now is he is he going to be Lamar Jackson type athlete where he's going to outrun people on the edge and then no, that's not what he does. He's more of a he's more of a manipulator of the pocket to right. extend plays and give his, you know he wants to give his receivers an extra step. And with those guys, it's effective because they're all great receivers. And then his ability to move linebackers with his eyes and get the ball out in a flash, it's, it's rare. Uh, he reminds me of watching Drew Brees. If you think about the way Drew Brees plays. Yeah. And, buy, and just buying his guys a little bit of time, that's, that's to his game. And, and I, think he's, I think he has a chance to do really, really good things at the NFL level because of the things that he does at a very high level which is footwork, uh, moving, moving defenders with his eyes, subtle stuff, but stuff that really matters. And again, his release is lightning quick. So he's not one of these, um, big huge arm guys who needs to see a receiver open before he'll throw the ball. Right. And, it, and if you're going to be that type of player, you need to have a huge arm to be yeah. able to do that at the NFL level. Yeah, yeah. He's more anticipatory where where he knows where he needs to put the ball and, and it's there on time. Pretty, pretty accurate. I mean, his ball placement's really good.
2: Yep.
0: And it's just, he does it in a different way and it's easy to see it. It's easy to see it on film. I, I just, I think he's rare. Uh, that doesn't mean he's a great, he's, he's perfect for where the lions are. I just, I worry that there's an opportunity for there with them. I just said, we weren't going to talk about this. And now we're talking about <laughs> it.
2: We just won't do it for five hours. How about that?
0: Yeah. I just, in the end, I just, you know, do you want to reset your franchise now without having to give up any, any, any future assets to do it? Or do you pass on that opportunity, hope that he goes sack falls into your lap and, and that's how, that's the gold there, right? Right. That's right. what you want. Yep. So, I mean, so I think you were going to ask, who do you take, Young or Akuda? And I would tell you, I would take Young all day. And I don't think the Lions disagree with that.
2: Right, yeah. I, and that's, that's where my head's at. Young, If Young is on the board, you take Chase Young, period. There's there's, you know, end of story, books closed, walk away. Um, Okuda's a guy that I, I really, really love. I'd love to have a quarterback of that quality on a rookie contract for so long. Um, but I, I feel like Chase Young. I, <laughs> the problem is with this Lions team, and I've, I've said this uh, a couple weeks ago on the show, um, it's a team that if we could have all of the top ten picks this year, we would be in great shape finally as a team, I feel like. And I think that's that's where um, the big need is for the team. There's just a lot of holes to fill. So, yeah, Chase yeah, Young's the guy are. that's going to help you out probably the most.
0: Yeah, and, and honestly, you know, watching him is fun. Uh, it's crazy to say that I think he's a he was a better college player than either of the Bosa's Mm -hmm. Um, maybe a better college player than miles Garrett was. Mm. I know that sounds a little bit like hyperbole, but I think he was, I I think he's more physical than, than some of those guys were. And I, I, you know, I think he'll be, he would be, you know, if you walk away again, if you're not interested in addressing the quarterback position, he is literally, he is the prize of the draft. And, you know, I don't know how you pass on that for a corner, as good as he is. Right. It is still it's Chase Young is it's Chase Young or bust I guess if you're not interested in in a quarterback. Right. That's kind of that's my thinking.
2: Yep. Yep. I I agree wholeheartedly. All right. Uh anyone else in the in the free agency pickups for the Lions that you're uh you're looking at uh as particularly good or particularly frustrating?
0: I think Daron Harmon is a very interesting player who also Fits really well with with a need, right, uh, right. which is a high safety. So that allows Tracy Walker to get near the line of scrimmage and do the things that he does really well with his length. Yep, I feel it's, like Tracy uh, Walker
1: is
2: going to have a booming year this year. I feel yeah, like yeah, it really feels like that doesn't really well. Yeah, he's he's a great player, and I think we've put pieces around him to allow him to just do Tracy Walker things. And those are yes. all those are great things, right?
0: Yes, <laughs> and that's that's smart. Uh Whatever they're doing down there, that's smart. When you if you, if you just deploy him near the line of scrimmage and you say, Hey, this is the area of the field that we want you to erase, go do it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. And Duran Harmon's really good in in deep coverage. He really is. He's very effective doing that. So you look, you look at that and, you know, just, uh, the other pieces that they have in their secondary, Patricia has been known to like to use an extra safety, uh, I think I think they're they're
2: retooled there, so it's almost like that. That takes Isaiah Simmons off, out of the equation, exactly yep. because of what they've done in free agency. Yeah, with Jamie Collins and Daron Harmon, uh, you just really don't need uh, Isaiah Simmons.
0: Yeah, it's, and and he's a little bit redundant with Walker to begin with. Mm-hmm. He's a touch bigger, but I think you'd have to play him in a similar way,
2: right?
0: Right? An overhang type in the box defender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're good there for now. Yep. And again, in a perfect world, you know, in a vacuum of what we know, which is this is, this is the skill set of these guys. Injuries are going to play a role. A lot, a lot of other stuff's going to have to, we're going to have to, you know, things are going to have to go well yeah. for it to go the way we think it's going to
2: go. Um, got a question in the chat um, from Ryan. He keeps hearing that Young doesn't give 100% effort all the time. What's, what's your thoughts on that?
0: Uh, at that position, exposed on the edge, I think it's very easy to see at moments when guys do take, uh, you know, plays off here and there. But I would tell you he gives as much effort as anybody else does.
2: Sure.
0: Um, I don't. I, you know, are there moments where it feels like he takes a player too off or, or 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 you know should win more than he does? There are moments, but I'll you know there are also moments when he's double or triple teamed and he fights through it to make plays. So I think that's a little bit that kind of stuff is a little overblown.
2: Sure.
0: You know when you're rushing the passer over and over and over, you know. And you're really not in a rotation. It's tough to bring it every single snap. You know what I mean. Sometimes you do have to save it a little.
2: Yeah. yeah, So
0: being smart about when is part of being a smart, an instinctually smart football player. And you know, I don't, I don't think I, you know, there's really any
2: concerns about him like that at all. Yep, Um, I I agree. I think I I couldn't, I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, And that's why you're here, Scott you say oh, it better you. than I do. Uh, <laughs> really quick, i got to talk about, um, if you want to learn how to say it better, you, you head on over to Amazon. But don't just go there on your own. Head on over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Use that to sign up for your Prime, to order all your, your end-of-world supplies, or just a good book. <laughs> uh, Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Keep a little of that money out of Bezos' pocket. Slide it over to ours instead. Help keep the podcast yeah. going. Help us don't do all know. the great stuff that we right amazon.detroitlionspodcast.com or just go to detroitlionspodcast.com and click on the amazon link thank you all who do that to help support the show all right moving on big conversation piece here um you may have heard of wjr uh <laughs> interview on wjr a guy named i believe his first name is darius oh no darius darius slay uh, you may have heard of him uh <laughs> no, never heard of him <laughs> um had a couple things to say on his way out and um it's of, of course you know, not not always. You know, you, you try to leave graciously and gracefully wherever you leave, and, and try not to burn bridges on the way out. But that's that's not what happened here. Um, it seems as though Darius lit some fires as he was heading out the door, and it's uh, kind of created as as often is, is two camps of fans, you know, pro and anti Darius, and all that kind of stuff. Let me just get some insight. What, what's your thinking on everything? And if you even want to recap, kind of what happened. Uh, And then just kind of say what what Darius said uh, uh, and then kind of talk about what your thoughts are and and even what you know. That would be great. Well,
0: it sounds as if he was uh, deeply offended at something Patricia said to him in a film review in their first year. And that's been, you know, his his account of what was said has been confirmed by others who were there. Yep. So whether or not we want to debate whether Patricia said it or not is,
2: you know, I think that's done. That's over.
0: Yeah. And is, is it something that, so that, so it kind of feels like there's a camp that feels that he he's a professional athlete making a ton of money. He should just be cool with whatever coach said to him. And then there's the other group that kind of feels like, well, those are things that a coach shouldn't be saying. You know what I mean? So, the truth is i it just seems like he he that, that darius Slay felt that he wasn't respected here and perhaps was smart enough to know that he wasn't being put in the best position for him to make a bunch of money going forward i'm not saying that was his primary focus of all this stuff cuz there's been a little discussion that he didn't give great effort last year which i think is a little bit ridiculous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um I think he he gave everything he had last year. I just you mentioned it earlier. when you have no pass rush and you're asking a player like Darius Slay to cover the other team's number one receiver for a month, he's going to get open yeah. right so yeah. so there's there's some there's some of that when you look at some of the grades and 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 how he played last year. so I think in the end, to me, it's just one of those things where he was he was really offended at how their first year went together. Never really got over it. By all accounts, Patricia wasn't great in year one. Right. You know, in the building. But, you know, so I think that it's it's one of those things that just a, that kind of just snowballed to, hey, this is my chance to get out of here and really get paid. And I, I know the Lions don't want to pay me. And, you know, justifying the reason why he wanted out to the fans was the, was, I think, why he came out and talk the way he did is that their relationship soured early mm-hmm. and he just felt like he needed a change. And this was the first opportunity to get that change. Right. And, and this is, you know, the lions moved him for what they got. And you can argue with whether or not that was good or bad, but if that's what the market was, that's what it
2: was. Can I, so I'm going to give some advice to people, uh, whoever find themselves in a similar situation, because I think all of this could have been avoided. And I, we talked about it the last show, um, Case and Riz disagreed with this, and it's it's it, we uh, there was there's some chat in the YouTube comments that was like, well, it would be a very Detroit thing to, for somebody to do what I'm what I'm going to suggest, and it hit me. Well, Riz is from Cleveland, Case is from out of state. Um, I grew up in Detroit, so maybe maybe that's where it's at, right? But I I don't think it is. I think it's it's just a thing. I don't care if it's your boss. I don't care who it is. You know, and I work in a very large. Fortune 150 company, right? So there's a lot of structure and all that kind of stuff. Um if someone talks to you in a way like that that you don't appreciate in the moment, no matter who it is, you say, "Hey, I don't really appreciate that kind of speech. Please don't talk to me like that. Um let's 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 redo that. Let's let's start over again and then have a better more, you know, more uh professional conversation." And that's that. That's not offensive, that's easy to handle. But to act like you know the way this is. So this is where I and I'll say straight up what Coach said was wrong. He shouldn't have said that. He didn't know him well enough to say that. A lot of people can say that to each other, and that's fine, and 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 that's okay. It's 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 an individual relationship thing. Coach obviously read it wrong, right? So straight up, yeah, yeah, for sure. But then to sit there and harbor it for two and a half years, as and 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 say it was so cutting. And so offensive and so terrible, and and Glover had to talk him out. It's like I was, it was not like I was going to fight, but Glover had to, had to keep me in line. It's like it doesn't quite pencil to me. Again, I think it's absolutely uh, been established that it was said. I just think the way he see he, he he represents how offended he was and his reaction in the moment, based on what really happened, and then it taking so long. Those things don't pencil. Those things don't line up. Um, yeah, I think that. So my my advice to anybody is you speak up, you, you you say, that's not OK. Let's reset. Let's do something different than that. Now, establish your relationship early, because if you don't establish boundaries, p- people can treat you like crap. But right? that's that's the bottom line. You have respect for yourself and stand up no matter who it is. You can do it, um, except as Ryan says in the military, you can't do it there. <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah, different situation, right? But there might have been a scenario where where he might have felt that he couldn't do that with Patricia. I I agree. But when I look at the quotes from from what he said, like he was ready in the moment and Glover had to talk him down like it was okay. I I, I just don't I don't get as angry as he was. It it describes himself about that, that he didn't feel like he could say something in a a conversation or in a one on one conversation afterwards. Okay, you don't want to have an argument in the room in front of everybody. That's cool. You you see coach one on one after you can say, hey, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I didn't appreciate it, right? That's not right. how I talk. That's not how I appreciate being treated. Let's let's figure out a better way to move the relationship. I mean, it's it's about being adult, right? And having adult conversations, which includes hard conversations. It it's part of that. That's one of the things I think Darius again, I love how he lives his life, his his, you know, joy to eve or whatever um I, I i would love to be able to be so seemingly carefree in in my day-to-day life because he looks like he has a whole lot of fun but oh, I, I yes I, <laughs> I agree i think part of that is that kind of id i, I called him an id maniac last time instead of an eco maniac um i think a lot of it is that kind of kind of youthful focus on the self kind of thing and and that's that so i think and imagine again,
0: how much that grates on a guy like matt patricia right right just it's got to drive him nuts yeah. right so i would imagine that there's there <laughs> there's more to the story than we know but I, you know i what i heard from darius slay was really trying to justify his actions in wanting to get traded to the fans more than anything yeah. and even even sort of ignoring the details of what it was that he said i think what he was trying to say was hey listen coach doesn't respect me doesn't respect me as a player doesn't think i'm a great player i know they don't want to pay me this is why I want to leave. That's kind of what I just took from the whole thing.
2: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's 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 totally fair. I think, again, right, you don't like to see that kind of exit. I think that hurts the team. It feels It feels like there's a concerted effort. We knew Quinn was a brand-new GM but had all the potential in the world. We knew Matt Patricia was a new coach but had all the potential in the world, mm-hmm. and it feels like before – especially after Patricia got here, before he even got started, there seems to have been, it seems it feels like a concerted effort to undermine him along the way, all along the way. And um, it, it feels like he never right got a day. shot, right? It feels like he never got a clean shot or open air to to work in. And that's, the, again, this is the kind of thing, you, this is the kind of coach who you're going to run out of town with this kind of thing, and he's going to go somewhere else, and he's going to be wildly successful. And people are going to look around and say, boy, those Lions are terrible. And I'm just like, hmm, right? <laughs> you got to get a fair shake. You got to get a fair shake, and especially new, and knowing you have a young coach and they're going to make mistakes. I know yeah. it's, a, it's a business that, it, look, if you're a Lions fan, you're not expecting a Super Bowl. <laughs> you're not, well, not not this year and and not and not any of the last 10 years, right? Um, you, You've got to expect that there's going to be mistakes made on the way to building something. It's not just going to flip a switch overnight. And I just feel like yeah. I mean,
0: some of it too is on on the other side of that is that there needs to be an understanding that when you do get air, you know, if you're if you feel like you're being smothered and you and you finally get some, you shouldn't light that on fire with your own behavior too.
2: Yeah, so process that air.
0: (laughs) You know, so yeah, take a breath. (laughs) Um, So that you know, there's it's a it's a very complicated thing, and the dynamics sounds like you know he's been much better, but in the end, it just you know Darius Lay wanted to get paid yep he wasn't it, it wasn't, wasn't happening happen here. here right and i'm not to, i'm not saying he you know that he fabricated this or made this more than it really was but his, it, to me it just it's a, it's a justification for what he was doing and why he was doing it yep and the lions clearly didn't value him the way other teams the eagles do uh i can understand why they don't he doesn't fit perfectly in their scheme he doesn't he's not a uh, physical press corner. I think he's, he could be a, uh, and I think he was at one point, you would have considered him to be an elite cornerback mm-hmm. in a certain scheme with the short scheme when they were getting pressure. Right. And right, then, right. and quarterbacks were being forced to throw quick and maybe inaccurately. And he could read a quarterback's eyes and not have to, I mean, so, so when Patricia wants his guys, he wants them turning their back on the quarterback and playing physically rerouting down the field and kind of matching uh, routes. Mm-hmm. But when you do that, you take away what Slay's best at, which is which is finding the ball in the air. Right. So I could see Slay thinking, you know, they don't, they're not using me the right way. They're not, And I think there was some of that, too, with what he said, that he disagreed with a lot of what Patricia thinks. And I'm sure a lot of that was, how do you want to play me? I want to make plays. I like to pick off passes. The only way I can do that is look where the quarterback's throwing the ball.
2: I gave myself and, the name Big Play Slay for a reason.
0: Yes, and <laughs> we we saw a diminished amount of big plays just because of the scheme, the way the scheme is run. So, you know, uh, he wasn't a perfect fit here. The Lions weren't going to pay him all the money that he wanted to get. And that's sort of where I'm at on that. You know, yeah. it's trying to distance myself from the from the teeth of that story and see it for what it is which is you know team doesn't value him as much as he wants player wants out and well and, there you go
2: and to that point and to the point that people are are disappointed in what we got in return for a trade remember it wasn't just the two draft picks there's 30 million guaranteed yes <laughs> the price philadelphia paid is really really high they not only had to pay you know pay him the, as make him the highest paid cornerback in the league they had to give up two draft picks. That was yeah. really, really expensive for them. So while we only see the two picks land in our lap, there was a lot that went out into getting Slay out of here, right? And and, and that's why that's warm. why I'm
0: saying that the Eagles really value
2: him. Absolutely. And, right? and you have to understand then, you know, the, the amount of money he wanted, it made it very, very difficult for the Lions to be yeah. able to get a lot in return for sending him out.
0: Yes, it did. But it's a little bit like going, you know, if you go to the grocery store and you're looking for – Toilet paper, you know, fillet, and disappointed at the price. Well, that's the price. Yeah, Yeah. it's that's the you know, it's not like you can negotiate with the butcher. That's the price of it. So you might not have, you might be dealing with like a script state. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's kind of the market is what it is, and they got what they got, and and now we have to move on. Right. Is it disappointing that you're not resigning your best, your best players, your own homegrown guys? Yeah, but there's more to it than just that.
2: Yep, absolutely. All right, last last thing I want to really quick uh, with all the pickups, free agent pickups. You got the draft coming. Don't forget you want to get your Lions gear. Uh, head on over to fanatics. Com. Same thing, fanatics.detroitlionspodcast.com. Com. That'll set a little cookie in your browser. They'll give us a kickback on everything you buy. It's good for Lions gear, Pistons gear, Red Wings gear. Your University, of, are you a University? You're a University of Michigan guy, Scott? Aren't you?
0: Yes. <laughs> what, you know, I res- you that? <laughs> honestly, I respect um it was incredible there for a long time. Anytime a Spartan helmet would show up at the All Star Circuit, uh-huh. people would stand up and take notice. And you know what? I respect the hell out of that program and what they've done. I yeah. really do. Oh, absolutely. So yeah. I'm not I'm not a fanatical, you know, uh Wolverines guy who's who doesn't see the good things yeah. that are
2: happening elsewhere. I'm yeah. not that guy. Yeah, yeah, no. i I'm I'm very much the same way. Um, for me growing up, Michigan State was um I don't say a laughing stock because it's that's 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 rude, right? But they they were just not there, right? They were just yeah. not a, a good program at all. And uh, the last decade and a half they've really, really come alive and I love that kind of competition. I love I love when the competition is strong and better and pushes you, it hasn't worked a whole lot with Michigan the last decade and a half. But I, I I love good football, so so either way, it's good stuff. But uh, anyway, all your Michigan gear, your your Michigan State gear, uh, doesn't matter. College hockey, all that stuff, it's available at Fanatics. Go to Fanatics. dot com. They'll give us a kickback, and you'll support the show by doing something you were going to do: support your favorite team. Anyway, all right. Um, let's talk about the the thoughts on Patricia and um. Quinn for another year first off do you think that if they go they they wind up both going or do you think Quinn holds on and gets to hire another coach
0: I don't know it depends on how they get to eight and eight right I mean if it eight and eight's a, just a market improvement from from what they did last year and the injuries were such last year that it's sort of again I'm not giving them a pass. Mm-hmm. But the the truth is they had significant injuries last year that started very early. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, Deshaun hand had a, had a lost year and snacks was hurt. Mike Daniels, who we loved as a, as a signing. It was just, I mean, I remember when he signed thinking it's happening kind of thing. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Hurt. You know, I mean, they just, there were so many things that just sort of went against them and then you lose Stafford. It's like, well, it is what it is. Right. So, it just it sort of depends i think on what eight how they get to eight and eight and how the season plays out. My feeling is eight and eight probably gets them both back yeah. um I don't know that I don't know what the mandate means to be honest with you i I don't know you know um eight and eight's pretty close to being playoff competitive, yeah, no, could you say, well, we got screwed on this call and we should have won that game, and you know um we were ahead in this game and we just couldn't pull it out. And if we win those two, we're 10 and six and we're in the playoffs and that's pretty close. I
2: mean, we can say that every year almost, right?
0: Who <laughs> like, knows what the mandate really means anyway. And and I, I've, I've never really bought into the, you must be playoff. It's playoffs or bust. I don't think that's really how it should be viewed. It's that's, just, that's, there needs to be market improvement and more than just a step forward. Yep. Right. There needs to be – if I mean, if they want to talk about the culture and all this stuff, they need to show that. Yeah. And, you know, we have a little more free agency to go through, and we have a draft, and they have the opportunity to maybe do some really intriguing things in the draft and improve their team.
2: Yeah. Let's absolutely. hope they do it. Absolutely. And it's 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 interesting you say that because I had that conversation at Senior Bowl with Dave Burkett, and he said, no, it's playoffs or bust, absolutely. And I was like, that letter – was I don't want to say mealy mouth because it doesn't maybe give the right impression of what, what what I was thinking, but it just didn't. It seemed there was a lot of flexible language there, right? <laughs> that gave them a lot of outs. Um, yeah, but if Dave is saying that December,
0: hmm. You know, if if Dave feels that way and is saying that, Dave's legit. I know he is. He, he, know. You know, and he's in the he was in the room when it was said. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, if it's truly playoffs or bust, I have no idea why we're doing this, (laughs) right? I mean, you know what I mean? Like look around the NFC, it's going to be tough. That's right. So, you know, losing some of your best players, uh, retooling the way they have, this is, this is a tough task. So, you know, it just depends on what we think playoff competitive means. And to me, that's an unknown variable that I don't know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I I agree. It's um, it, it it's it's tough because there's all kinds of other things, but I think the the thing that you said that me it probably weighs the most is how they get there. Um, if and and look, I think one of the the key strikes against the whole how they get there thing is the negative publicity and press that they they constantly seem to to attract. Um, that's gonna hurt them. I I, I believe that the Ford family doesn't want that at all. Right. That's 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 a big strike against uh them if this the the team and the staff is getting that kind of negative press and and, and it's always these kind of character things right it's this this it's this uh what did he say well you know i can i can very much see uh mrs ford clutching her pearls when she when she hears what coach said to uh to darius in, in the locker room right it's a big big strike against um yeah I just, yes,
0: but but I'll tell you this: that putting people in the stands and getting and getting that stadium full every Sunday is a huge priority. And I'm not saying that that's their only priority, but I will. I think last year it was a wake up call to ownership that wow, the last couple of games we really we had a lot of empty seats. A lot of talk eight, from eight, and eight. Yes, a lot of eight talk eight from eight puts, goes, Go ahead, sorry. I, go ahead. And well, <laughs> good. The eight and eight puts a lot of butts in seats, and and it, and it, you know. um there's at least some level of excitement about the entire season. You know, three, twelve, and one is the last couple of weeks is just like let's get this over with. This yeah. is miserable. Yeah, you know? yeah,
2: absolutely. I think um, the, the 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 talk we've had a lot of season ticket holders uh, kind of reach out to us. We talked about it briefly. Um, There's a little bit of strong army stuff from the season ticket office. The the agents. Uh, saying, I know, I notice you sold your tickets to your seats for all but two games, and we may not sell you tickets, right? Your, your season wow. tickets. And I get it. I, I I understand that. Um, the team. I was at the Dallas game. Uh, we were up in a suite with Sandman. It was it was beautiful. It was a great time. But the Dallas crowd was was in the stadium. I mean, they owned <laughs> Ford Field, and I'm sure that it did not make the Ford family happy uh experience yes. that kind of disrespect in the field, I remember the Jets. That was that one was the one that just hurt me the most uh, that year when the, they were doing the J E T S chant yeah. down behind the Lions bench. <laughs> um, it was just or no, it was behind the Jets bench, but um, it was it, that kind of stuff. Is is obvious. obviously they want to see how they can quell it, but your season ticket holders, these people are invested in this team. They they've bought look they bought a car, okay, just as an example, and they 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 don't like it. It's, it's it's a lemon they've got another car they can use they can watch hockey right they can do something else right and so they're renting the car out or they're letting an uber driver use it or whatever right yeah. it's their car to do what they want with um kind of that is season ticket agents putting pressure on people that's just gonna you know these people invested in, and have ridden these years upgraded their seats paying more paid a bunch in merchandise and and, and concessions and everything else um to come to those games and support the team I, I think that's the wrong group of people to put pressure on about uh selling their tickets and their what is their assets off um
0: yes i i think you're absolutely spot on uh if anything you should be conceding to them that hey, we we love you here please keep coming yeah you know yeah. but the <laughs> truth is is eight and eight gets gets eight and eight is is good from that perspective that it's not forcing people to stay away yeah no. Yep. And yep. you know how it goes. I mean, if you're eight and eight, you can you could spin the argument that you know, well, if things go well for us, we could be eleven and five or twelve and four, right? Kind of thing. And yep. you know, again, like depending on how they get to eight and eight, you could see a scenario where everybody is is satisfied that three, we had three wins this the season before, and now it's eight, and things are trending in a positive way for us. And you know, some of the picks that we made this year have really panned out, and that looks good. The the, the foundation looks good going forward, and you know. Lots of, uh, there's a lot of variables at play there, but if things go well, you could, that could be, that is a potential outcome, right? So I can't, you know, can you fathom a scenario where they go eight and eight and things go really well in every way off the field, on the field, some of the picks they make pan out, some of the free agent class looks good and then they get fired. I don't think that's, I just seems out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just because they don't make the playoffs.
2: Right. So, right. I just I think I as much as I you know I think they need another year beyond this year, no matter what happens. I mean I don't want to say no matter what, because another three win season um yeah. burn, burn the place down, right? At that yeah. point. Um and even then, I mean I I'm not gonna go into the net, the seven million ways <laughs> from Sunday where you could excuse something like that, right? Uh I, I just think that they, they have to do well. Uh if they that eight and eight year, this they get another year. Um, but boy, that, that fourth year uh they're back. It, it it is it is second round of the playoffs or bust.
0: Because, oh, significant pressure. And yeah. truthfully there's pressure right now for Quinn. He's got to crush this draft.
2: Yeah. No no in free agency, I haven't seen anything where he's done the fire sale win now. At, at the expense of the future stuff it doesn't seem like he he's acting as if that pressure is real or that he is absolutely not he is acting with the responsibility of a gm who who feels comfortable that they're going to be there for a while and is playing a long-term strategy which is which makes me feel good uh I wouldn't yeah i mean want he's not
0: hamstringing let's just assume that he does get removed he hasn't hamstrung any anything going forward Right, so he's been he's acted in good faith, which yeah. you know I think he deserves a ton of credit for.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think that gives him a lot in uh, yeah in this in this coming <laughs> this this coming evaluation after the season. Yeah. Now, one of the things um, that went on in the Slack last night, we were talking about what if there is no season next year? And I'm like, can't fire your coach if you don't play any games. <laughs> so <laughs> We'll see how that goes. Um, any other breaking news in the Lions we want to cover, or do we feel we got a, a pretty good show in here, Bud? I mean, we could. If you want to talk, uh, you know, draft
0: stuff, we could do that. I mean, I'm sure that's been covered to to death, though. So, you know.
2: Sure. Sure. Um, I'll give you the, the the microphone. Go ahead. Well, it's just it's so
0: it, some of this is mandate driven stuff, and you know, like what's the what's the most important position to help you right now? And I would tell you that that is going to make you want to scream. Probably receiver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, real, re, re, The reality is, is you know, no, nobody is signed past the season. You know, Galladay is going to get an extension, so he will be. Yep. But I don't. You know, amandola's aging. Mar, uh, Marvin Jones is going to be thirty-one. I don't think there's any way he comes back. Right? Like, I mean, it, like, I'm not saying he's going to get traded mid-season, but I don't think the Lions are interested in signing a receiver who's going to be thirty-two years old. So
2: he's he's going to be off selling cake soon. Solely, <laughs> I'm sure they're delicious. Oh, he's selling them by the uh, by the pound. Selling them by the millions. They are delicious. Palm cakes, absolutely. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, <laughs> but yes, it's a, you know, it's a huge hole on their roster, and I'm not saying you have to take one. You know, in a trade down scenario where you get one five six seven, I don't think. Even though I'd be all for it, um, I think it's more like pick 35 is the wheelhouse for a player who can come in and help you immediately. Mm-hmm. And it's a, and there will be players who fall just because of where this how top heavy some some of this draft is positionally. There's going to be guys who who fall out around one who are tremendous values, and having that early second round pick is going to be it's going to be a big deal. So you know, I think the the receiver position is something that we that we could examine and think. You know, we're going to get a really really good player at at pick thirty five, and in in a scenario where you know, you trade down, you could see how a receiver can be very valuable to that offense.
2: Yeah, you could. Oh, absolutely. And What do you see? What do you think of the scenario of them putting together some sort of package of picks to, uh, to get another, a late first or second round pick, Um, because it feels like that's what they need. It it feels like that, that kind of impact player. Cause look, I can, I could see like the, 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 uh, chase, chase young, I won't say chase Daniel, uh, chase young. And, um, like a gladly pick up at a corner in the second round, right? That'd be great. But you still need, like you said, that wide receiver is so, so, so important for this team right now. And they, they just have a big hole and a big need um, now and, and on the in the future, right? Eventually, Matthew Stafford isn't going to be here. And he obviously elevates those players. He, he yeah. elevates those wide receivers. And you can do more with less with him. But he's not going to be here forever. If he gets hurt again. You, you you better have a wide receiver that can get yeah. open and, and catch the ball. If you, if you think about the idea
0: of of uh, you know the different levels of of wide receiver play, where you'd have a player who can uncover very early in his routes, which makes Stafford comfortable because the ball comes out quick. Then you have a player like Hawkinson who hopefully takes a big step and can work the middle of the field in the seams, and then you have your deep threat in Galladay and you can see how, yeah, if teams want to take away Gallaudet, cool, we'll just work the underneath or mm-hmm. we'll, we'll work the middle of the field. But in order to do that, you need you need a premier player. Yep. Right? Um, there's – you mentioned it, and, and I think it, it warrants a ton of talk, is the idea of moving back up into the late parts of round one using pick 35 to, to draft the receiver – you know, or or you know, or a cornerback that maybe they love, right? Mm-hmm, but yeah. a player who they have highly graded, who for some reason falls like Denzel Mims comes to right. comes to mind in that right. scenario. It right. Looked great at the Senior Bowl. Boy, what a home run would he be in this offense? I mean, whoa, yeah. you know. And and again, he's not a perfect player because I think he struggles with press and, and physicality and stuff. But but when you look at his size, speed profile, and his ability to win down the field, and they love the down the field stuff. You know what I mean? He's yep. a he'd be kind of like a really dynamic weapon here. And it's that's the kind of player that I'm talking about. Yep. Um Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State's another one who's a very different he'd be a, like a slot receiver, but a very explosive
2: electric one. I so think, there's, I you think know, KJ Hunt, late in the draft, looks like a guy that could fill a role like that. That same kind of slot kind of guy, Damian Danny Amendola yeah. replacement. Um and I think I'm especially because of the time I spent with him on the at, at the senior bowl coaching him. I think this guy has a ton of of talent and abs an athletic just a monstrosity watching him stop and cut. I, I haven't seen anything like that live. Uh, very rarely do you see that though that kind of ability uh live. I think that guy has a lot to offer, has a huge ceiling. And um, not a
0: player that you have to spend a ton of assets to exactly. get exactly. Yeah, exactly.
2: Right? That's that's where I think you could very inexpensively make a huge upgrade.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean so you know when you were looking at pick three or pick five, six seven, however it goes you know, you can. Uh, we haven't talked about defensive tackles. We haven't. You know, I, I think that Javon Kinlaw needs to be in the in the conversation yeah. there. But my feeling is that they're going to like Derek Brown a little more just because of what he does as a player. Mm-hmm. I like Kinlaw more. Mm-hmm. Um, I also understand it doesn't matter what I think, right? So it's not relevant. But yeah, you know, in terms me, of who Scott. they're going well, in <laughs> terms can't. of who they're going to pick, who cares what I think? I, I get it you know it's uh kinlaw's more of a disruptor and and i think there's more value in that i think there's more value in disrupting the the passing game than there is being a two down kind of run defender who's really only super effective when you're losing if yeah. that makes sense
2: yeah no no that makes a lot of so,
0: sense so um kinlaw's a, a super intriguing option i you know uh offensive tackles a position where i think they they'll look uh, I would think it'd be Jedrick Wills and Tristan Wirfs in that scenario because they're right tackles with the ability to potentially kick over and play long-term at left tackle, but also some first-year positional positional versatility to play guard, right? right and right. we know that this this group loves that kind of stuff.
2: Multiplicity.
0: So I know that I'm kind of blurring all this together, but I don't think that settling on Jeff Okuda at pick three just because, just because, is like how this is going to go, right? Even though that makes total sense, that that's how it should go, right? You know, uh, did anybody see Hawkinson coming last year? The way, it – I mean, maybe maybe towards the end, yeah. but
2: no one saw ha- you know. it's, it. Hawkinson was, it was like the last three weeks ahead of the draft where it kind of solidified around him, and even then, there was there was, if I remember, it was like three camps of of who we should take. And, um, the, the, there's the whole, you know, this is one thing, the sunk cost kind of thing. People, you can't just take another tight end in the first, right? Well, why not? If, if, if he's a, if he's a generational talent, you absolutely can, right? Now, it's easy to point to Millen and all the wide receivers we picked all those years in a row. Yeah. But eventually yeah. you get one. We got Calvin, right? I mean, it works out eventually. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no, it's, uh, it's interesting to see how that plays out. But you're right. I think, uh, Things will come into focus, and then, um, day you know, trades, draft day trades. Those 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 really can roll roll the mix. That's up.
0: really you know that's where I think the meat of this is, and I really hope that they approach it with with the mentality to move down. Yep. Because you you know we just we talked about how valuable those early second round picks are, or even maybe potentially a late first. Like Miami has, I want to say, pick twenty six if for some reason there's a little bidding war kind of going on for Tua and all of a sudden they have to throw in pick 26 to make it happen. Okay. So now you have pick five, pick 26, pick 35. You should really, those three players, I'm not saying they're coming in right now and being elite guys, but they're players who can come in and help you. Right. And that's the kind of stuff that Quinn needs to do is build some momentum going forward to be able to make the case that, Hey, this is what we're building. This is what we've done. You know, Yep. And I'm not sure that outside of Chase Young being at being available at, with a third overall pick, I'm not sure you're going to be able to make that case with just one guy in round one. If that makes any sense.
2: Yeah. No, it absolutely does. It absolutely does. That's it goes to you know if we could get the top ten picks, I think we'd be Super Bowl bound, right? <laughs> but there's in a few a, years. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of work. There's a lot of work yeah. to be done. So. Um, all right. Hey, man, I'm going to call it. We've been going uh, over an hour here, a good almost an hour and a half. Um, I, I've got to get ready for work. <laughs> so we're going to do our thing. Uh, Scott, thanks. Thanks so much for joining us. Anytime. Um, folks, thank you for joining us. Remember, we're looking for your involvement. Use the comments in the subreddit. Give us your feedback. We appreciate that. And it's uh, It's your show. It's a community show. Let us know how you you want us to change and be better happy to talk about that also don't forget about us on patreon patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast as little as a dollar a month uh but you can always give more. get more it gets you in our slack chat gets you uh, some of the uh the previews to what's going on most intelligent lions chat on the internet again patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast join help the show support the show in what we do and beyond that During uh, this time when so many people are at home, we're doing our best to put out two, three shows a week to help you guys have some coverage and some content and something to keep you from going absolutely stir-crazy. This is a great way to show your appreciation for that as well. Uh, Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions Podcast, Instagram, Detroit Lions Podcast, and, of course, Twitter. On the Twitter machine at D-E-T Lions Podcast. D-E-T Lions Podcast. Scott, Pants Free, me, Pants Free, the whole crew sitting there just thinking about the draft. give us a call on skype detroit lions podcast is the account all one word detroit lions podcast or call us on the lions line 929-33 lions 929-335-4667 take your calls and your messages and we'll put them on the air also go to detroit lions com. subscribe to the podcast so we can show up in your ear holes automagically thank you for tuning in we're going to see you next time with the detroit lions podcast remember no pants no toasters no hot tubs no problems because we're your detroit lions Reddit connection.
0: Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case, out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over.